Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, real quick, before we get into this, you know, as we do reach week, and we're going to hear from our Columbia team as well, one of the things that we believed in our house for for years and years is out of Acts chapter 1, the fact that when the Holy Spirit uh, was given, that we would be witnesses, you know, in the legacy of the disciples as they first heard. We'd be witnesses where? In in Jerusalem, Judea, and, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. So for us, that's right here at our church, in those surrounding neighborhoods, Alachua County, Florida, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so if you want to get, get a little translation there of what that looks like. So that's why we believe in loving and serving our city as well as sending and going and long distances for, for, for long plane flights and stuff. Today we have Pastor Franco's in Cuba still. He's a, he's a missions junkie. He's like Pastor George. But um, the, the reason why is because we're called to be those witnesses because of what God has done in us, that there's a declaration at home and far away as well. So I want to share a few of the things that we were able to accomplish this um, this time on Reach Week. We did, as always, we served at Bread of the Mighty, and we had about 76 volunteers go to their actual facility, and it's an absolutely huge blessing for them. We're able to go ahead and organize the food that goes out because they're a distribution center to different organizations and ministries. We also um, had approximately 4,000 pounds of food distributed. Come on. Yeah. You guys gave crazy large. I'm, I'm thinking you probably gave more than our record. Our record last year was like 2,100 pounds that we gave just from here. But additionally, because we did a mobile food pantry, they actually brought three more pallets of, of uh, fresh produce and, and as well as um, frozen meat and stuff. So we had cars driving through here, and we were able to serve a lot of people. Um, I believe it was about 316 people served in the mobile pantry that drove through here, came to our campus, came to see us, and drove through, and we were able to bless them, pray over some people. We gave out some Bibles. We were at one point having a mad dash to find the box of Bibles that I know is here, and uh, some people had asked about that, so we were able to give some Bibles out. It was an amazing, amazing time, so thank you guys who served in those areas. We also had St. Francis House, as we always do. Uh, J.R. and Diane Taylor always lead our teams there. And um, we were able that week to have three different meals. And so we had meal service to their residents there. And as always, they were able to go and just give a loving touch to people who are struggling, people who are in need. So that was another one of our teams. We also had our largest team, which is our first responders team, which has become like one of our most popular teams. They had 81 volunteers serving as nine different teams. And uh, they had uh, 1,392 treats that were able to be provided and served and delivered to 28 locations. Pretty amazing. Deborah and Eric do a great job leading that, leading that team. And uh, they, they get prayed over at all those sites. So Eric's going to share in just a minute, but I'll, so I'll let him tell you a little more details. Additionally, we had a mobile renovation team with 11 volunteers on it. It helped a couple of our widows in need here in our church family that were able to be a blessing to them. So those guys got out there and got after it with the skills that I don't have. And some of us don't have, but they did a great job serving as well. We also served Gainesville Christian Community School. We had 72 volunteers on that team over three different days. And we did a ton of work there. Um, we landscaped the campus as much as we were able to. They had a mountain of mulch. I don't know if it was in the video. I don't know if you caught that. But it, I walked up the first day, and I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. It's a fire. What did we sign up for? <laughs> now, I mean, the mountain of mulch was to my head and about across from the, their gazebo area out to the parking lot. And I was like, oh, oh dear Lord. <laughs> 
And by the end of it, man, our team knocked it out. We did their whole playground, their courtyard area, and a few other areas on the campus, spread all that mulch, and took care of them and put some beautiful landscaping in. Um, and additionally, we renovated two bathrooms. You saw that time last Pastor Tad was in there doing some expert work to put in a, a new uh, bathroom vanity and sink. There's several other projects that we were able to do. Ricky Catanzano got, got after it on one bathroom. Scott Mueller put in some new dividers for the, a bunch of stuff. And we're still doing more. Yesterday, actually, I had a few volunteers go out because they're getting ready for school. And so we still had volunteers there. Um, and just to give you a little background as you pray for them, um, they're doing a great work there. They're providing Christian education for a lot of kids who would not otherwise be able to afford it from some tough situations. And uh, so if you think about them, pray over James Schrader and his team. They're doing a great work to love on people. It reminded me almost of like what pastor is able to take the teams to Honduras to do and share and serve for the school that they build there and, and the time that they take to provide ministry for kids who are in need. It really kind of kind of hearken to that. So great opportunity as well. We also served a couple of our public schools in Newberry. 50 volunteers signed up, did a lot of cleaning and landscaping. Um, we did a couple of rooms in their school, got a lot of stuff tossed that they needed to and took a burden off of some of their staff that was there and they were super grateful for us. So a total in all these teams of 332 volunteers <laughs> stepping up. Come on. Thank the Lord for what he's been able to provide us and help us to do. Well, just so you don't hear exactly from me alone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite Eric Walters up to share. He's, he's, him and his wife, Deborah, lead our, our first responders team. And um, it's, it's a great, great, again, a great team, and it's been a wonderful opportunity. So, Eric, why don't you go ahead and come up? Thank you. Can you guys hear me? Great. First of all, thank you for the opportunity to represent the first responders team. Um, it was a great team, lots of volunteers, as Pastor Jamie said, to come through and, and do a great effort. Um, our mission was really to talk to and reach out to every first responder site in Alachua County. Um, we got the opportunity to pull together, to deliver baked goods, to touch them in a practical way, um, and just deliver, deliver the love of God to them in a practical way. Um, these guys put their, these men and women, I'm sorry, these men and women put themselves in harm's way every day for us. And I think about that verse in John 15 where it says, there's no greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for a friend. And these first responders are the embodiment of that. They rush in, they protect, they go rescue people that can't do it for themselves. We got the opportunity to go to uh, Alachua County Sheriff's, and we got a tour. It, it's a huge facility. But we got to tour the 911 center. Walking through that center, you got to hear some of the calls coming in. And it's an opportunity because you're thinking about these people are sitting in these chairs answering phone calls, and they are talking people through some of the most stressful, most traumatic times possibly in their lives. And they are working through that. It was a great opportunity for us to sit outside that room and pray and pray God's peace over them. Pray the, the wisdom to guide them through those situations, right? We also got the opportunity to, to, to do the backstage tour with the SWAT vehicles, the, the military vehicles, with the, you know, the bulletproof glass and the battering rams up front. I mean, cool stuff, right? <laughs> the only thing, everything went well except for one thing. They would not let me drive one. <laughs> and I asked nicely. Like, they wouldn't let me do it. So, but everything else went well besides that. Um, but the, we, we went out to every site. We got to deliver baked goods to all of them. First of all, thank 
all the bakers in this house. As Jamie said, there were close to 1,400 individual baked goods that were delivered. So it was a great, a great blessing. Thank you guys for that. You really answered the call. You really stepped up to the challenge, and, and it made it worth it. Um, thank you to all the volunteers and the teams, the team leaders. We can't say enough about all the support, all the flexibility of the teams, just going out to these 28 different sites, being flexible when those guys weren't there or were out on a call and, and circling back to, to, to bring them back, right? So thank you for the teams. You guys did a phenomenal job, and, and they, the first responders were really blessed. So thank you for that. But this team wasn't just about baked goods, right? We delivered some other things, too. We delivered handmade cards from the kids in our house, handmade thank you cards from our children. Uh, we delivered a Bible to every first responder station that was donated by someone here in this house. Um, we uh, delivered gallons of coffee and vouchers for free coffee for every one of the first responders that we came in contact with, so almost 300 of them. So thanks to the mission for, for their work. And we got to do something that was, I thought was very cool uh, this time around. Uh, Holy Spirit gave my wife the idea, and we're uh, so thankful we were able to do it, but every firefighter station in Alachua County got a DVD of the first season of The Chosen. And so that is something that, right. That's something that we think is gonna, gonna leave great dividends. So, so ne the next morning, Sunday morning, I was delivering one of the other packages that the, the group the previous day did not get to, to do, the, they were out on a call. Um, and so I'm, I'm walking up with the box of treats, right, in my red shirt, and there were two guys standing out there, or actually one's in the truck and one was standing. The guy in the truck was from one of the previous stations that got delivered to the previous day, and he looks out the window and he sees my red shirt, and he says, oh boy, get ready. <laughs> and so he says to the guy standing there, all right, here's something you need to do. Be the first one to the treat box because those things were delicious and they devoured them as soon as they left, right? And then he looks at me and he says, he says, thank you. Thank you for coming out to our station. It made our crew feel seen, it made us feel appreciated, and it made us feel good to know that someone in this, this community is supporting us. And so that, they were very appreciative of that. And also he said, thank you for leaving the chosen DVDs he said, I was a, a crowd funder of the first season, of the first episode. Uh, so he was excited about that, but he was so thankful and appreciative, saying that was the perfect thing for, for these guys during their downtime. So even after all of that, I think the coolest thing that we got to do was at every station, every stop, we got to sit and, and ask them, can we pray with you? And every one of them said yes. And we prayed the peace of God over them not only for that station or that site, but also their families and their homes. And we got to pray God's protection over them as they go out and put themselves and their lives at risk for all of us in this community as a whole. So as the first, on behalf of the first responder group, thank you as a, as a church for, for the support, and it did not go unnoticed. So thank you. Um. And, and thank you as a church. Again, a lot of the stuff you're talking about here was done through the Reach Week Fund. So your faithfulness and your tithes and your offerings allowed us to be able to give and be a blessing to our community that way. And I wanted to ask Nancy Lundy. Nancy's a part of our staff, and she saw so much with all the teams because of her work behind the scenes that I thought she could share a little bit of what she experienced last week. Good morning. 
Um, I saw a little bit of all the teams, and first of all, I just want to tell you thank you. Um, I woke up, sorry, woke up this morning with the first time my heart served the Lord with gladness from Psalms 100, and you guys did that. You serve the Lord with gladness. You teach your children to serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, the team I got to serve on was the mobile pantry team. And there were tons of adults and kids, and it was just a, a huge blessing. And you've got people coming through that are going through a really hard time. And to have all these kids out there with their signs and with their smiles, and um, we're so glad you're here. You make a difference. And then the kids were almost fighting over who got to put the food in the cars. And it, was, it wasn't so I can be first, so I can, they can see me. No, it was out of a heart of pure service and joy. And you're doing a great job with your children. I just wanted to thank all of you for who brought food and served in any kind of way. You made a difference. And if you didn't, you missed out on a huge blessing. But it's okay. We'll do this again next year. And we have lots of serve teams. If you're not on one, come see me at the sound booth, and I'll hook you up. <laughs> come on. All right, one more time again, thank you guys for everything with Reach Week and all that was done. There's more testimonies to share, but what we hope to do is spark that and light that fire that you're, you're saying, you know what, next year let's have 600 people serving. Let's do even more next year and be a blessing to our community. So it was an awesome opportunity, but we're going to hear from our Columbia team next. Yeah, that was, a, that was an amazing trip to Colombia. We were in uh, Eagle Bay and Bogosha. Uh, no, I didn't pronounce that. Ibagay. Okay. Um, I wanted to just share a couple of thoughts about this missions trip. Uh, I pastored in Nashville for a little over 20 years and been on a lot of missions trips and taken a lot of teams overseas, but the way Pastor Franco leads his teams is um, really amazing. I, I think one of the benefits for us to go to another country is the potential for that seed that is being planted. And when the team was, was done, we were on our, our way home, we continued to remind each other that now's when some of the, the real work begins. Now we need to be praying every day that God would just continue to water that seed that we planted into young people's hearts, pastors' hearts. We were at a military base, and we were able to speak into them and thank them for their service. Um, probably as far as the potential for fruit, probably one of the best missions trips I've ever been on. I think we would all know there's a lot of blessings that go to people in other nations when we come and visit and we minister. But I think another important part, and I want you to hear my heart on this, when we go to another country, we come back changed. So I want to encourage you to, uh, the next opportunity, Franco and the team, they're, they're in Cuba right now, but um, the next opportunity that you have to sign up for a mission trip, I really want you to, to consider that because it is a life-changing event. Um, I also wanted to say something about Pastor Franco. Um, he, 
he doesn't play by the rules. I, I don't know if you knew. Uh, the guys on the team, you know, we, we had a, a, a wreck day. We couldn't find a ping pong ball, so we're playing ping pong with a tennis ball. And, um, uh, and then we played volleyball and soccer and a couple of things. And Franco, well, the other team members, they say, no, Franco, you keep changing the rules. I call it cheating. Um, but, and the reason I get to say this, because he's not here. And so I'm... <laughs> Anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you for all the support, those of you who gave to allow us to be a part of this, this trip. So, God bless you. Okay, I wanted to um, share uh, my testimony on how God used us in a major crisis that was going on when we came into Ibagué, uh, Colombia. And I'm going old school. I saw Jamie was reading his notes up there, and I'm like, hey, I should have done that but, to make it look better. But anyway for my time and everything, get my thoughts organized. I'm kind of doing it this way. But when we got in there, there was a number one crisis going in on Ibagué, Colombia, and it was suicide. One to three people every single day are jumping off their bridge to their death. And this has been going on for some time, and they don't know how to stop it. They've tried everything that they can, and they're to it's totally out of control. Um, our team was invited to speak at a suicide prevention conference that they were holding with full media press coverage. And the media, like when I was standing here, I could touch them. All their microphones and cameras and everything were right there. And it was really a God set up because our, our team members, there was a number of us who had that experience um, and could speak to it. And our voices were sent out throughout all Ibagué. It was amazing. Um, giving suggestions, but mostly that Jesus gave us our life back. And that um, in him alone we find hope, which is a confident expectation that good is coming based on the promises of God. Even the mayor. The mayor was there. There was professors. There were students. It was packed. Um, the mayor stood up and he said, I believe that God is our only answer. So the next day, our team went to a university. Um, I think you saw a picture of it, um, where there was 200 students. It was non-Christian. And, um, and, and I stood up and told a true story, which the response of the students shocked all of us. So I want to read to you that story and then tell you what happened. Some of you will remember this. In 2019, our Miss USA was absolutely beautiful. She was not only Miss USA, but also a brilliant lawyer living in a luxury high-rise apartment in New York City. She inspired girls all around the world. They all wanted to be just like her. The entire world was shocked when she jumped from her 60th floor apartment to her death. How could this be? Why did this happen? She had plenty of positive voices all around her. But the deadly voice inside of her, her negative self-talk, is what had the greatest influence on her and ended her life. You always follow your strongest thought. She believed the lies in her head over the truth to her death. And I asked the students, how many of you are hearing these same negative death thoughts inside of you? And without any hesitation, 99% of 200 students raised their hands. And so this is what's going on in Ibagué. And uh, many of our team members got up and t shared their testimonies. You saw that. I know you didn't know which was which, but uh, shared their testimonies, shared Jesus as a solution, 
like Steve said, put the seed out there. And then we have uh, churches that are going to follow up these students, the ones who reach out. Um, I had the opportunity to speak at two pastors' conferences where I talked about negative voices in your head and where they lead you and how to develop victorious mindsets. And two days later, a pastor and his wife who heard me speak drove two hours in desperation with their little 11-year-old daughter to find Franco and I to talk to us. And they said that just last week, their daughter told them that she's hearing these voices in her head and that she's been instructed by these voices to kill herself. 11 years old, a pastor's daughter. So we prayed for them. We broke the demonic powers of death and suicide over her. Her dad was there with us, a, a wonderful pastor, agreeing with us, covering her in prayer. And after we were all done, we took us some time for this. After we were done, we could see the presence of God on her. And just like that song says, uh, um, the, what was what's the song? Hell lost another one. She was free. She was free. You could see the anointing on her. You could see the call of God, and you could see why the enemy was attacking her. Um, when I attempted suicide in college, it was so shameful to my dad that I never talked about it for probably 20 years. I questioned the scripture, God works all things together for good. I thought, how could that be? On this missions trip to Columbia, in God's perfect timing, I saw a fulfillment of that scripture. God used my tragic story to bring hope and solution to many lives who, like me, will now be able to stand up and say, Psalm 118, I will not die, but I will live to declare the works of the Lord. All right, all right. Who here gets excited to serve? If you do, raise your hand. Raise it, raise it real high, real high, real high, real high. All right. For all of us, everybody that was on the trip, we, we had quite the experience, but I would say that our entire team, we got, we got pumped because we had a, such a high expectation that God was going to do something incredible. And we don't have time to get into every single testimony, every single story, but I will say this, your life, every single experience that you've had, every single time God has pulled you through is a testimony to share with somebody else. And it's not just on the mission field. It's not just going across the sea. It can be right here in your community, just like what happened with Reach Week while we were in Columbia. And um, so when we get there, we're with the whole entire team, and day, day one, we have an itinerary. Well, that itinerary is, is not true, <laughs> to say the least. You think you know what you're going to do, up until plans get changed and flipped around and you're told to go across town and uh, they're scrambling to find you a translator and you just need to be obedient. And so something for me, the one, one verse that God just put on my heart before going there is very simple. In Proverbs it says that humans, we, we, we have a plan, right? We, we, we have a course, but God determines our steps. You see... <clears throat> When we were there, um, our, our steps got, got switched a lot. Uh, one in particular, um, because when we came together as a team, 
then we would split up and go to all these like mini missions and then regroup as a team and tell the stories and break bread and be with people that have seen incredible breakthroughs. And then we would get hyped up more and to go and do it the next day. And we'll go scatter and then we'll all come back and explain what happened. Uh, one in particular um, <laughs> for me was, uh, they're like, yeah, Frankie, all right, you're going to be speaking at a leadership uh, conference. Like, all right, let me mentally prepare for that to speak leadership stuff. And uh, I, on the way there, they're like, actually, switch that. You're going to go across town and go speak for a bunch of professional athletes. I'm like, okay, now let me course correct in my brain. I'm going to be speaking to athletes. On the way there, they're like, actually, <laughs> now you're going to be speaking to a soccer team. I'm like, okay, soccer team. Are they professional athletes? <laughs> They're like, just, just go. It's going to be great. And so I'm in the car uh, in a taxi uh, with one of our translators and, and Ronnie. So we show up, and I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be professional athletes, and, and it's going to be good, good stuff I'm going to throw down. I show up, and it's little, little ninos, a bunch of little kids, uh, a team of maybe 10 kids, and we drove like 45 minutes to get there. Um, so I remember thinking, I look at Ronnie and I, and I look at our, our translator. I'm like, all right, well, you know, these kids, they're going to they're gonna get the sauce. And we're going to give, we're going to meet them where they're at. And so I start sharing a little bit. Then Ronnie comes up. Ronnie just puts his coach hat on and, and he starts sharing. And the incredible thing happens. So more kids show up. Who knows where they came from? I don't know. They just, from the woods, from, from the village, I don't know where. They just show up. And then we just keep going and going. And, and what, what, we're just sharing our life story and, and meeting them where they are because they're so young. They have their lives ahead of them. And what starts to happen is the parents show up. And then more parents show up and more people. By the end of it, we had a flock of people and the message was, was very, very simple. And it was, look, <clears throat> your, your, your life matters. Like People might not see you way out here in the middle of nowhere in, in a country like Colombia, but God sees you. And, and when you are faithful with the little bit that he has given you right here, he can, he can completely transform your life. And, and just from very simple, non-scripted, non-planned events like that. You, got, you guys saw a little bit in the video, but the, the people there, extremely thankful and grateful. And that's simply from a heart of surrender and obedience to just say, God, I, I had this plan. You course corrected me this way, and, and it's for a purpose. And to echo a little bit of what Steve said, that it's simple, simple seeds. We may not be the ones to water the seeds or to see the fruit of those seeds, but we are called to plant those seeds in your life, in your experiences, and everything that God's done in your um, life today is a seed for somebody else. All right. We're going to hear from some of our young, uh, young people that were part of uh, Motion. And uh, as they're coming out, um, I wanted to speak to the young people here 
uh, we were at one of the schools and uh, there was a question and answer type of thing and, and uh, one of the kids was like, through the translator, asked if I had a girlfriend. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and they all laughed just like you did. And a young lady said, love is not real, love is a fantasy. And so I got to share that true love has a one-word definition, and that's commitment, and how my first wife, after 38 years, passed away from cancer, and now Michelle and I just celebrated our six-year anniversary, and you could just, you could hear a pin drop, and I went over to that young lady, about 16 years old, and I took both of her hands in my hand, and I looked right in her eyes, and I said, so love is real. So it's, it's a powerful thing to be able to touch people's lives. So thank you again. Uh, what, it was, what a good trip uh, Motion 23 was for us. Uh, when we were there, they were so excited to share the number of students that had registered. Even in the, like, the last four days, they had like 2,000 more students registered to go to this conference. And, and what was uh, such, such a moment for me, even as far back as 2015 when we went the first time was that it was like 260 churches that are coming together for this event. So you're not looking at like someone's church. You're looking at, you're looking at churches all over America that were flying in, driving in from Wyoming and California and Louisiana and Alabama and Florida to be a part of that. And uh, so uh, it's what you see is like what we got there. Uh, there, was, there was nothing in there that was extra hype in that video. That was what we experienced. And that was what I knew was going into it. And uh, my prayer for, for the trip every time that we go is that the children in our youth group, the children in our church, anyone who goes with us, that they get to see that their faith is like, it's not just our circle of believers. It's not just our congregation. They go and they don't see, like, one other youth group that's participating. They see hundreds of other youth groups that are traveling there. And, and their faith is not, it's not some, uh, like, hidden, obscure idea. This is, this is a global faith. Like, we are large. We are, we are a force of reckoning. There is a spiritual awakening that is happening. Even when you think, I'm tired or my circle of influence is diminishing, there's a work going on in a generation that is spurred on by uh, churches all over the land. Churches, and these are, this means that there are people going to other churches with healthy pastors that are loving and encouraging all over the world. Like, there's a work that's happening. So these kids are not coming, like, from, from a deficit, but there are people that are coming and they're showing up and they're ready to thrive and worship together. And at Motion Conference, the pastoral care that is happening, the influence there is that the, the leaders at the Church of Highlands, they are very prayerful. And that was something that marked me, like I said, back in 2015 when I was seeing videos of what their prayer room looks like before anyone goes on the stage. It wasn't like, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. It was like a hundred people in this green room praying loudly and fervently, pouring their hearts because they had been preparing for six months or 12 months over this event. And, and it really shows the impact that the students always walk away with is always positive. There's always this moment that marks them, and they always remember 
my motion story. They always have a motion story no matter when they went and. So I'm happy to introduce Dayton and Sable here. They were on our motion trip. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Dayton. Hello. As you heard, I'm Dayton Ingley, and if you don't know me, you're missing out. Let me pull out my notes real quick. Can't expect me to memorize it all. All right. Uh, I'm going in my senior year of high school, and this is the second church camp of this type that I've attended. I went to Passion Camp four years ago, and it is my first time at Motion. Motion was a memorable experience for me, and I think for the entire group. We all got a lot out of it, and seeing that many believers our age was just an amazing thing to witness. I gained closer relationships with my friends and those I didn't know too well before the trip. And one thing that really stood out to me was on the second day when the pastor said, we need to put as much time and effort into studying God's word as we do with everything else. I think that's something everybody here has or is currently struggling with, especially me. Well, I have time to do a bunch of useless things throughout the day. They only spend around 10 minutes a day reading the word. Like, I've always been completely happy to wake up at 7.30, even 4 in the morning, to watch soccer games. Having that same compliance to go to church early or read my Bible before bed when I'm extremely tired is something I'm currently striving for. And I encourage anyone who's interested in going next year to come. The only real downside was having to wake up at 6 on the first day to leave Gainesville. But other than that, it's completely worth going. And I want to thank Pastor Nathan and Mr. Lundy for setting it up and coming on the trip. Um, as he said, I'm Sable Ferrara. I'm going into my junior year of high school. And I'm super grateful for this experience to um, go to motion. Um, one of the most important things that really stuck out to me, and not only stuck out to me, but encouraged me, was the worship. Um, everybody on stage, they, they, not, they prepared and did a great job, but what was really encouraging was seeing 13,000 other kids my age worship God with their whole hearts, whether if it was all of their friends around them, no one, like they were on their knees, raising their hands, jumping, and not only in the right moments, like you could hear them singing. It was just so encouraging to see. And um, I just, it was just, it really touched me in a special way. Um, something else that was such an encouragement was something that one of the pastors said in a special point that he made that was very eye-opening was he said that, it, excuse me, he said that God's purpose for my life requires my participation. And this was, it was really deep because I was not only, um, I know God has a plan for my life, and, but realizing that I'm required to participate and not just watch God work was really encouraging, but also exciting to know that God wants me to be involved in the plan for my life. It was really exciting. And motion really set me up for success because everything that I learned there, they prepared me to bring home and apply to my daily life, just encouraged me to read my Bible more every morning and get into God's word. Coming into this trip, I wasn't super sure of what I was going to get out of it, but I was, but now I'm really more excited to grow closer with my relationship with God, and I want to thank Pastor Nathan um, for planning all this trip and putting all the effort and um, time into doing this, so thank you. You guys can yeah, thank you, Dayton and Sable. Uh, it, thank you so much. That was they, they worded that really perfectly. Relatable from their life experience. And, of course, also thank you to the, the leadership team here, 
for blessing us to go on the trip, to go to Motion, and uh, to take our students, and for, uh, and I'm personally going to thank uh, Gary Lundy and Nicole and Jen Nash for participating the way that they did. They provide excellent chaperoning and care for the student. Yours, if your student went, they were well taken care of, uh, both pastorally, like uh, in a heart of like care over their spiritual health and also their physical health, uh, their their physical well-being. So uh, with with Sable and. Uh, <laughs> With Sable and Dayton's uh, testimony, I do want to jump right in and say that the Motion 24 registration is open as of today. So if, if this is something that you've just heard, if you're a student or if you're a parent, go ahead and pull out your phone and, and open the link, which is therockonline.org forward slash motion. You can go ahead and just start that registration process, and that's going to get you on the list. And as we're talking about that, uh, I as an adult go here, and I am writing furiously notes from the speakers in these sessions. These are, uh, these are not simple-minded messages. They, they go really deep, and they come from a heart of, like, deep. They're breaking out the scriptures, it's not, and, and they're doing it in a way that is relatable to students, which is great, but it, I am always touched uh, by the presence that is happening there. And a, a couple of the quotes I want to read. Uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr., he's on the, he's almost always the first speaker there, and he's, he's been going for like 15 years, and it's great because his passion uh, for that age group always comes out, and, and, but the fire is always there. And this year, uh, he spent like 45 minutes talking about Holy Spirit, and it was so good. And uh, just one phrase from him was that anything not turned to praise will be turned to pride. And as he was going through Holy Spirit and he was going through like your, your, your relationship with Holy Spirit and what God does in your life and what's happening in your life, as, as, as the things and influence that you think you have over your decisions and over what you're doing, anything not turned to praise can easily be turned to pride. And he was bringing that fire. And then Chad Veach in the next morning uh, a couple quotes from him from this session was, if you want to live a miserable life, live for yourself. And so he had this whole, whole sermon based around this concept of, of, of like, like don't, don't let that happen to you. And it was really good. And he followed that up later by nothing better than the sound of starting a fire. And he talked about uh, getting together and when you're starting the fire and it's really small and you have the kindling there and, and you've got that crack and that sizzle and it's just like so gratifying, so satisfying to, to hear that fire. And, and as he's talking, he's like, there's nothing better than the sound of starting that fire. But have you ever not tended a fire? And so he, that led into this, this time when he started getting to go over the process of your Christian life as a young believer, like when you don't tend the fire, you know, you can forget, you can be enamored by the starting of that fire, but have you ever seen what happens when you don't tend it? And then Chris Hodge later, uh, who's the pastor over at Church of the Highlands, said, you have to choose to be a vessel of honor. God has favorites. He isn't going to put the same anointing on everyone. But here's the good part is you get to choose if he does. And uh, that was really like, you know, like inspirational in that like, like what Sable was saying about being a part of the purpose of God's plan for your life. And so registration is open. Uh, you can go ahead, pull out your phone, click on those. Uh, and while we had less of a heads up this year, uh, 
going forward, you have like a whole year to plan. So I want to actually ask uh, that if you're an adult, if you're, if you're a parent or a chaperone, in this, I want to ask you to consider to pray uh, over going on this trip. If you've ever been on a trip like this, you know that for most people, there's one moment on a trip that marks someone at least. And I've been on these since my dad was leading youth trips and pulled me and, our, and my brothers with us uh, when I was six years old. And, and there's always something. And I always say sometimes that something is a, an adult or chaperone on that trip that spends like one conversation with a student that helps bring in something that they needed. Maybe it was something they needed they weren't getting at home or weren't getting at church, but it was another It was another connection. And that's what motion is about, is really the comfort of getting together and talking about life and talking about the word. It just, it's not gonna, it's not gonna save anyone. It's not gonna, it's not gonna magically do something. It's like a God moment. And I wanna ask if you wanna be a leader or a chaperone and you can consider doing that, that sometimes adults, they, they really provide that, that one singular thing to help tie in what's been going on in the conference sessions. So looking forward, the next year's motion is uh, their heart and their vision of it is, is hearts on things above. So that's the theme that they're going to be running with next year. And it's coming out of Colossians 3, 1 through 2, which is set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Most of us have read this verse, and we've preached this verse from this stage before. And the encouragement in the scripture is really relatable to every age and chapter of a life. And I want to say, look directly at you students, that when you hear that verse, you know how it can affect you, like the influence. When you're a teenager, when you're a student, you're, you're in your formative years. There is, you are absorbing all the information all the time. You're always being influenced. And so a daily event that has to happen is for you to reset your mind and reset your heart on things above, on things that are the kingdom of God, on things that are heavenly, on things that are true, on things that are pure, on things that are joyful. And what motion does is just helps you right before the school year starts to gather all those thoughts, gather all that energy, that joy of salvation. For three days we get together and that's just expanded, like it just mushrooms. And you have this beautiful experience where there's 11 to 13,000 other people your age that are enjoying worship together in a room in one accord uh, with hands lifted high. So if you're a student, tell your parents you want to go and you want to save up money for it. You can make it happen. And uh, again, thank you to our leadership team for sending us, for letting us go on this. And God bless you. I thought Pastor Jamie was coming out. I was waiting for you, Jamie. Where are you, Jamie? Jamie. Hi, guys. It's been an incredible summer, and uh, so there he is. I need that little chocolate fellow out here with me. Caramel. I'll, I'll, Sorry to say, my wife's got me switched over to dark chocolate, so, but I still like caramel. 
Uh, it has been a great summer, and uh, so much so much has happened. And uh, I want to say, first of all, uh, to all of you that were involved in Reach Week, thank you. Uh, I love those videos. I love those testimonies. Uh, what all of those kids did in the. Uh, um, first responders, uh, everything that was involved. It's just a testimony to our community of the goodness of God. God loves all these folks. And, you know, if, if you could be inspired in anything uh, out of that reach week is and you've heard me preach for years about divine appointments. I just, I believe in divine appointments. I believe that God will just interrupt your day if you'll allow him to and bring people into your life. And many of you guys that uh, are, how many of you are public shop, shoppers? Let me see your hand if you shop at Publix. Okay. Uh, I don't know if the first responder guys go to Super Walmart or to Hitchcock, but I know they go to Publix because uh, I see them all the time. I mean, very seldom can you go to a Publix and there's not a fire truck sitting out front and the guys are uh, busy going through. Sometimes you'll see them with their cart and they got enough food for two meals and right before they're ready to check out, you hear something and they leave the cart and they take off running and somebody at Publix, I assume, goes and grabs that cart and puts it aside until they come back. But uh, I always take the time when I see those guys to speak to them, to think thank them for their service. Deputy sheriffs all the time. Uh, if one gets in front of me in line at a restaurant, a coffee shop or whatever, um, I'm going to strike up conversation and I'm going to say thank you for what you do. I was in a conversation the other day. I was late to meeting. I was starving. It was middle of the afternoon. And uh, so I whipped into this place uh, that supposedly has fresh food. And uh, a deputy walked right in front of me. And so as we both walked, we began to converse. Um, and uh, shared a little bit about um, our house, and he thanked me for the um, witness of our house. First of all, that we take care of the deputies. They all know that they're invited anytime they're driving by here. They can stop at the mission and get a coffee. We're going to take care of them. We thank them. We have a deputy here uh, right now. I don't know if he's in the room, but uh, he was here early this morning. Pastor Ron asked him, what are you doing here so early? And he said, I came from some kind, what was it? Bomb squad training in Gainesville. Come on, somebody. Uh, bomb squad training. How many of you glad you didn't have to go to bomb squad training this morning before church? But he did. He came, and he's serving us. He's on our campus. And uh, I want to thank uh, all those that went on the trip to Columbia. It's always an expense to go on a trip like that. But um, I've always believed. I love missions trips. You know that. If, you know, as my health allows, I, I'm going to go on many more missions trips uh, because they, as uh, Frankie said, they impact our life. They, God uses you to plant seed, but I'm always more impacted, I feel like, when I come home than what I actually gave out, the privilege to share the goodness of God in another country. And um, this week, as Franco was getting ready to go um, back down to Cuba, 
uh, we got word from Pastor Abdiel at La Liga uh, in Havana saying, we are desperate for milk. Can you get us some powdered milk? And so uh, it was a free fly. Everybody's on computers. We're trying to find out where you can buy 50 to 100 pounds of powdered milk. And, and uh, we were trying to finish presbytery, and the guys are all online looking. Can we get some delivered by tomorrow? Could, is there somewhere? Uh, Sam's didn't have any in their warehouse here, so we couldn't uh, just go and get. But everybody putting together, and by the time to go, we had two suitcases full of containers of powdered milk and uh, some other food that they needed, uh, some shoes, um, and uh, Franco and some of the guys were able to take that down. So thank all of you for all of your service and uh, for those that got to go to Motion. That was the week after Reach Week. Many of those young people uh, served here during Reach Week, and so they didn't just go on a trip to feed their soul before they left. They had the privilege of serving, and uh, I like one of the guys, forget which one I'm asked, how many of you like to serve. If you don't like to serve, you have no desire to be great. Amen. Don't get me preaching here. But Jesus asked the question, how many of you want to be great? You want to be great. And all the disciples wanted to be great. And he said, well, you're going about it the wrong way. And if you want to be great, you become the greatest servant of all. And so uh, I thank you all so much for all of your service this summer, everything that uh, you were involved in. We are very appreciative. All right, I got the privilege. We got Jam in here with us this morning. That was a last-minute call uh, that we got our kids in here. Uh, but we're going to take a moment to pray. Uh, Wednesday school starts. Yay, summer's over. School starts. Everybody's coming back to church. It's going to be a great week, and uh, we're excited about it. So we're going to do this this morning. We're going to pray for all the administrators um, at the Rock School. Uh, we're going to pray for all the administrators. Any of you that work in public school with University of Florida Santa Fe College, uh, we're going to pray for all the teachers, um, and we're going to pray for all the kids from uh, six weeks old uh, all the way through graduation of high school and into college. So this is how we're going to do it. First of all, would you stand, please, and remain standing. Secondly, all the administrators from the Rock School, teachers that are here, uh, homeschool moms and dads, uh, you're a part of this. So everybody is a teacher, homeschool, uh, in the college or whatever, I want you to come first uh, quickly out of your seats up here, line across the front, all the way across the front, and turn around and face the congregation. Okay, so I don't need you facing me. We're going to get all the kids up here in front of you. So, Jamie, you grab a mic and come on out too because we're both going to pray. All right, fill in the gap over here. Come on, those of you come down here. Homeschool, moms, dads, everybody, some of y'all down there. Or just slide, slide, slide. They won't, they won't listen to me, so I'm going to get y'all up here. There we go. Slide, slide, slide. Wow, that's a young teacher right there. Uh, keep coming. Come on over here. You got room over there? Slide that way just a hair. There you go. Keep going. Cause we need, all right. Any other homeschool parents, don't be ashamed. You're homeschool, you're a teacher, and uh, some of y'all teach four kids, four different grades. I don't know how you do it, but I commend you and bless you. All right, now we're going to have all the uh, kindergarten kids and the young um, 
elementary, preschool and elementary. Thank you, preschool director Jen. Uh, all the preschoolers and elementary kids come on up in front of all these. And if your parents up here, you can go get in front of them. If not, just pick, pick a favorite one and head to them. All right. All the, all the jam little ones. We have preschool classes going on, so a lot of those kids are still back there. All right. Okay, all the rest of the middle school, high school kids, you guys come on up, spread across here. Y'all don't turn around. I didn't tell y'all to turn Y'all come face these people that are down here because they're gonna, we're going to pray over the teachers, and then the teachers are going to pray over uh, all of these amazing kids. So all of our middle school, high school, and college and university students. Come on. Uh, you're going to be the last group. You're going to be behind all of these that you left behind. And uh, so we're going to... All right. Awesome. Y'all are piled up over there. If y'all could just keep coming this way, it'd be... There we go. Keep coming this way. And all you students, turn and face me. Okay? Teachers are facing out. Students are facing in. Students, all you students, turn around. There you go. I want to see the pearly whites. All right. And then all the rest of the congregation, you are going to finish the circle. So Jamie and I are stretching our hands. All these teachers are going to stretch their hands over the kids. Um, and we're going to declare, pray. We're asking God for his wisdom, uh, for his glory, uh, that this is going to be the best year ever. I was reading out of 1 Chronicles 4, the prayer of Jabez. And Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm. How many of y'all want our children protected from harm this week? Amen. I think we, like Jabez, ask in faith. And it says that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what was asked. I believe we have the right to ask in faith. Amen. So would all of you in the congregation stretch your hands over these? I'm going to pray first over all the teachers, homeschool teachers, administrators, everybody involved. And then Pastor Jamie's going to pray over all of these amazing kids. So Father, in the name of the Lord right now, we like Jeb, Jabez come uh, stretching our hands and asking you to enlarge our borders, to uh, give us protection and wisdom uh, about uh, the business of teaching and providing. Lord, I pray over all these teachers, all these homeschool moms, everybody involved in administration. Lord, we're just asking today that you would pour out your wisdom upon them. That This year, they're going to walk in a greater grace than they've ever walked in before. They're going to walk in the fullness, Father, of the revelation of your love for their lives and out of the love for their lives, they're going to be a conduit of love to their children, Father, to these homeschool kids to these that are in public school, to these that are at the rock school, to these that are in college and the university, Lord. We're just praying that this year there will be an incredible impartation from the leadership, Lord, of their lives, that these children will experience the fullness and the power 
and the glory that comes through teachers that love them and are inspired to speak and to bless and to cover. So, Father, I thank you for wisdom for this year. I thank you for uh, insight. I thank you for covering. I thank you for grace, Father, that 2023, 2024 is going to be the best year they've ever experienced as they cover their children, as they cover their students. Lord, over all of these in administration, Father, your grace will be sufficient. We give you thanks and praise. Jamie's going to pray over all these young people. Father, we thank you for the reality, God, that education is discipleship. And we speak this year is going to be a great year of discipleship for all of these kids. At whatever level they are, Father, all these students and young adults, Father, I declare their mind is fruitful to receive everything that they are called to receive in this season. God, their hands are prepared with diligence to execute what they are called to and do their part, Father. And like we talked about last week, to embrace the effort of growth, embrace the effort of doing the things you've called them to do. I thank you, Lord, that they will not have a year which is going to be full of all kinds of different turmoil and, 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 and tragedy, but it's going to be a year that's full even with challenges full of all the things that you're working together for their good, God, because they are those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So, Father, I declare their eyes are lifted up to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of their faith. Yes. I declare, again, their hands are ready and prepared for the task that you set before them. And I pray, God, for the wisdom, even ones who maybe have had some challenges, even with learning issues, Father, and needing a correct direction for their school yes. program, that that will come quickly, Father, yes. and no time will be wasted, God, because as your word has already called us to, God, if we'll train them in the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. And so I release that word right now and that work right now and declare favor over them. Lord, your word says that you surround us with favor as with a shield and I declare they are surrounded with favor and everything they have need of to grow and be excellent and go to the next level, Father, and let their gifts be abundant, Father. Let their faith increase. Let those who are even on, in a place of not certain where they are in faith, God, let them be saved this year to a place of growing in you knowing you to the fullest extent and becoming the fullest expression, God, as they were created in your image to be. And so we bless every student in this house and declare an awesome and amazing, fruitful school year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. We bless you, mighty God. It's going to be a great year. We declare it. We prophesy it. We speak it in Jesus' name. All right. You can bring it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.